This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, equity mates. If you're finding it hard to keep up with uh, financial news and everything that's going on in the world, then jump online and sign up to our weekly Thought Starters email. Uh, One email a week, no spam. We hate spam. And you will get all the investing news you need to know and some interesting articles to get you thinking. Uh, It's free, just like the podcast, and it's just more content for you to enjoy. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we will help you learn to invest in 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Good. You on holidays? Are you still at work? Well, this will be going out. Are you testing my uh, maths here? Sure. Uh, on holidays. Well, yeah, I'm definitely on holidays. I think last episode was a couple of days before Christmas, so this one we might be uh, we might be celebrating New Year's together. Oh, true. Yeah, this one will, this will be out on the 30th of December, so we'll be uh, we'll be down the coast. Mate, how exciting! Yeah, how very exciting. exciting. We'll make ev- we'll make everyone who's listen who's with us listen to this episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually not bad. All right, New Year's treat. Yeah, what a way to bring it in. What a way. So for all of the uh, those listeners who have just joined the show, welcome. Um, to recap, Ren and I um, have taken a Christmas break and we have been deep diving into five Australian companies that we've randomly selected from the Australian Stock Exchange purely by typing in the first two letters of the ticker and whatever came up, we decided to deep dive in. So the first one we did was Baby Bunting, retail company. Second was Latin Resources, an exploration company uh, in minerals. And now, Ren, we've got another industry, one that we haven't really discussed on the show much, to be honest, and that is REIT. Yes. Real estate 
Real Estate Investment Trusts, REIT. And today we are going to be discussing a company called GPT Group. Its ASX ticker is GPT. So if you want to uh, follow along as we go through it, chuck it in Google and, and take a look. So Real Estate Investment Trusts, Ren, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so they are essentially companies that own real estate assets. So houses, office buildings, uh, you know, you, you know what real estate Commercial. is. Commercial. Like. Yeah, industrial. No, yeah. we don't need to explain real estate. People get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the company owns and manages uh, the real estate. So yeah. GPT Group is a big one they're one of the bigger ones they're actually an ASX 50 company they're they're um quite large they, they own a 22.7 billion dollar portfolio of offices uh logistics centers uh warehouses stuff like that uh business parks and mm. shopping centers mm. massive i wonder if that 22.7 billion dollar valuation has gone down with the recent uh property market fall it's a good point and we'll look at that a bit later on in the finance because, uh, well, yeah, we'll look at that a bit later. But, um, yeah, good point. Has their share price suffered? Well, no. So, uh, when I first started looking at this company in late November, its share price was 500 not $500, $5.36. <laughs> yeah. As of our recording date in... Uh, Oh, on the 11th of December, the share price is actually up $5.47 mm. and that gives it a market cap of $9.8 billion. Mm. So I guess with that rents, you look at their portfolio and you know, in the media at the moment, we're looking at a house price correction, potentially a, a fall in, in retail, well, not in retail, sorry, in residential housing whereas the portfolio of GPT Group is primarily primarily made up of uh, real estate assets that aren't, uh, aren't residential housing. So they've got shopping centres and um, they've got a huge amount of office space. As you said, they've got business parks and they also have a couple of fund management aspects to the business. So whilst uh, the value of residential housing in Australia might be taking a turn, um, you know, the income and, and demand for these other real estate assets might not be necessarily affected uh, quite as much as we're seeing in the real, real estate space. So this is one reason that we might be seeing a, a share price at the moment that's being supported. And as you said, $9.8 billion, they're, they're a massive company. So pretty interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Now, keen listeners may have picked up that that the company manages a $22.7 billion portfolio of real estate and it's valued at $9.8 billion market cap. Uh, the obvious question might be, are you paying $9.8 billion for $22 billion worth of property? Uh, the answer will be later in this episode. Oh, what a tease. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good question. So let's um let's rip through a little bit more on the company if you've got anything um and then we'll go into the industry and competition. I mean we've already sort of spoken about uh the housing market, the uh, the residential housing market, but we'll touch on that. 
Then we'll get into the financials and then we'll finish with the valuation. And then I have one question for you to finish it all off. Oh, it's truth. Any other major headings you want to touch on? No, that sounds good. I'm happy with that. All right. Well, the first thing that uh, struck me about the company when I was looking at the share price history was in December 2007, it was worth over $18. Then by March 2009, it was trading at $1.35 and now it's in the mid $5 range. Mm. It's had a pretty crazy journey. I'm not actually sure if there were stock splits between 07 and 09, but I think obviously real estate uh, didn't do too well there internationally. So I assume that has something to do with it. There was probably a lot of fear. Yeah, I'm just trying to find if there was any stock splits, but I can't see anything. So uh, yeah, I mean, at that that time, when, when was it? 2008, 2009, did you say? Yeah, December 2007, it was trading at over $18. And then by March 2009, it was $1.35. Well, I guess, you know, when you're in an industry that their their revenue would be reliant on, you know, income from uh, renters in their retail space and business parks and that sort of stuff. And, and in a time of a recession or subdued economic activity, they might not have been able to charge anywhere near as, as much uh, rent as they were when things were booming in, you know, 07. I guess that could be one reason, but that's a very significant drop from 18 bucks down to a dollar. Yeah, you'd be stealing. Yeah. I mean, look, to be honest, for my mind, the company, it's pretty straightforward in terms of its operations. It manages real estate. In some instances, develops real estate. In most instances, purchases already developed real estate. So, you know, lend-lease... a construction company, whoever will build a office, they'll then sell it to this company, uh, and then this company will manage it. Is sort of the general way that it works. Mm, mm. I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have anything more on the company specifically? No, nah, as you said, Ren. Very straightforward. I don't honestly know a lot about the retail, the real estate investment trust space. So I'm looking at some of their, you know, the occupancy rates of their retail and office spaces, and they seem quite high. You know, 99.6% occupancy rate for their retail properties and 95% in their office space. But to be honest, I don't really know what to compare that to. To me, it seems solid, but um, yeah, tough to know. So I think we move on. I guess what we would say there is. If we were actually looking to invest in this company rather than just doing it as an exercise for the podcast, you would look at things like its occupancy rates, the length of time it had left on its leases, the average lease length, all that stuff, and you would compare it to the industry and then you would make an assessment of how strong its position is, if it's riskier, if there seems to be any red flags there. Yeah. If If it seems to be broadly in line with industry average, you would probably say... It's no more risky than any other real estate investment trust if for whatever reason, you know, its leases were being broken far more regularly than other real estate investment trusts. You might say there might be an issue there that you need to look further into. Absolutely. All right. So next, what are we on? So I guess we've we've really covered off the industry and competition. Yeah. Property headwinds, a big one, but that's primarily residential, but... I'm sure it will spill over into other real estate assets. And then also the risk of higher interest rates 
what that will mean for property valuations and stuff like that. Mm, mm. I don't know. Do you have anything else, Major? No, I, I think we've covered pretty much most of what I've got in my notes. So let's uh, let's move on to anything you want to d- discuss before finance. No, nah, let's get into it. Easy. So uh, this was an interesting one. Well, I, I enjoyed looking at this because, you know, since we know that we've been in a residential property boom since 2008, 2009. And interestingly, if you look at the rental income for that period of time from, say, 08 to 2017, it's been reasonably consistent at about half a billion dollars a year. However, if you look at their net profit, after tax for that period of time it you know has gone up a, a considerable amount from say 08 through to well actually from 10 through to 17 so there's something in there that um is giving them a, a nice boost do you have anything to add to that ren before we go a bit further Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com yeah so look it's an it's an interesting one and it's it's a big thing with uh all real estate investment trusts that you have to be really careful about when you're valuing them and when you're looking at them because as a business you have to report your income or your net profit affects the way that rates report um so of the if you look at the this company's income statement, it has 1.27 billion in net profit after tax, um, and as you pointed out, about half a billion of that, so about I think it's 554 million, is uh, funds from operations. Um, so that's the income. So that's the other 718 million is from valuation increases. So in the increase in the value of their the properties that they're they're holding now. As an investor, that's great that the valuations have increased, but if you just care about the cash that the business is generating, you yeah. just want to look at the the funds the, the funds from operations. And so in all um, real estate investment trusts, you'll see this metric, FFO, funds from operation, and that's the cash that has been generated from the business operations. So that's uh, that's an important metric to look at. And then you know if you if you say off the twenty two or twenty one and a half billion dollars in property that they own, they've generated about half a billion in funds from operations. That means they're getting about a two point five percent return on their assets. Mm. 
it's important that that's something that you'll always come across and that that's why they might be spitting out the same amount of cash every year but their net profit number is changing massively it's because their net profit number is exposed to changes in the property valuations changes in the property market that's interesting can because yeah if your property values are falling but your your income is still consistent and i think this is where the value of long-term leases comes into play as well because it looks like they really haven't i mean their rental income has gone up slightly for over the last 10 years or so but like nothing significant doesn't look like they've been increasing rent anywhere near in line with the increase in the value of their property and i guess that's because a lot of their income would be coming uh, sorry that a lot of their properties would be in long longer term leases um lease agreements that's that's interesting to know. I didn't know it was that specific, and I didn't know that was the way that uh, they re- they had to report. So I guess we could see if if they go if it goes in line with residential property at the moment, Ren, that we could start seeing a a significant decline in in their profit reporting. Well, yeah, and you see, this is the interesting thing when you when you really think more and more about it, because what might happen is their net profit number might go might go down massively if the valuations plummet, but at the same time, their return on assets would go up because their the value of their assets is a lot lower, but at their and their income is still the same. But realistically, what is act nothing has materially changed in their business. They still mm. own the same properties that they paid the same amount for. You know, the mortgages, the the interest they're paying to the bank for those properties hasn't changed. Will mm. likely won't have materially changed then the income that they're getting, like the funds from operation that they're getting, if their long-term leases won't have materially changed. So you might see, yeah, you know, as you said, massive fluctuations in things like return on assets and uh, net profit and net tangible assets. But at the end of the day, like they're a business that just owns these properties, rents them out and gets income from them. And that isn't massively fluctuating from year to year. No, you've always got to be a little bit careful when you're um when you're looking at the these rates, income statement, and balance sheet. Mm. What do you think is more important when you're looking at that? Are you looking? I mean, as an investor, you'd be wanting to see. It'd be obviously good to see both, but you can't, as you said, if if you're not going to liquidate any of your property and increase in the property value. And in, as an investor, you're not really actually going to get much return on that. It's the rental income that you you're going to be making your money from yeah now this is what i thought as well like that that make that makes logical sense and the way that we think about you know investing is we think uh about part ownership of a company each share entitles you to that portion of the company's cash flow that it spits out as a business and you want to invest in businesses that can then reinvest that cash flow for high rates of return over a long period of time and that's how you as a part owner in that business um, make more money. So that, that makes sense. And for us, it makes sense to focus on the cash that a business is spitting out. But when I was looking at how these companies are valued uh, by the market, at least, it looks like they're valued more by their assets. So to run you through the balance sheet, this company, JPT, has... 13 billion in assets and then you add on its uh, funds management business to get you to the uh, whatever we said before 22.7 billion in property managed but it owns 13 billion in assets 
Yeah. It has $3.9 billion in liabilities, so that's things like debt and stuff like that, yep. which meant that its net assets, at least the last time it reported, was $9.1 billion. And that, if we look at the price-to-book value, so the share price compared to the book value of the company, uh, is 1.01, at least when I last looked at this in November. So... Looking at other rates, it appears generally that's the ballpark. These rates are valued at their price-to-book ratio. And I, I guess the logic behind that, when you think about it, is that if this company was going to be liquidated and it sold all of its assets, this is the money that would be returned to the shareholders. So that's how, yeah, you, right. that's how you value it. So although it does make sense uh, in terms of valuing other companies to value them by the cash flow... Um, it seems that the way that the market values these rates is based on the value of the assets it holds, which in the case of rates is the value of the real estate that it holds. There you go. Yeah. Mm, but yeah, so it's not a massive income generator. You wouldn't go into it expecting, yeah, it's, it's, a t- it's an interesting one. What, what, would you, what do you want out of it? You want both really. You want them to continue to, slowly increase their their money that they're getting from from rent but equally as you want if that's the way that the market's going to value the company you want your share price to go up you're obviously going to want the properties to go up as well yeah 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 it's tough but i guess and this is just me spitballing here but i guess the logic is if you're investing in a rate you're investing in it in it because you want to be exposed to the property market if you want to be just invested in a company that gets good return on assets and um, makes money by producing income, you can probably get better companies out there. Yeah, there's other ways to do it. Given that, you know, the the return on assets for GPT was like two and a bit, so two and a bit percent, so... Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 makes sense. That that may, may be it, may not be. If people know more about rates... Hit us up because, yeah, I, I haven't done a lot of research into them before we did uh, this JPT group analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. So final question from me, unless you have anything else. Oh, no, no. Pretty well covered there. I was going to go into a bit about the debt uh, for these sorts of companies as well, but um, we've discussed that in, in a bit of detail for some other, some other companies that are a bit similar to the way that they use debt. So all good. Hit me with your question, Ren. All right. So would you rather invest in a REIT, a real estate investment trust, or a property ETF and why? Or a property ETF? Yeah. Are there such things? Yeah. So there's like the, there's a BlackRock iShares Australian listed property index fund or like a Vanguard Australian property securities index ETF. Yeah, there's a bunch of global real estate ETFs. So if you were if you wanted to get exposure to the property market, where would you go? Well, if I'm just thinking about this, if you've got a Vanguard or a BlackRock ET, property ETF, it's just going to be following a whole bunch of REITs, right? Is yeah, my thinking, is my thinking. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's right. So then it comes down to either getting a broad exposure to a number of different REITs at a low expense or 
then going in and looking at individual REITs and I guess honing in on specifics in terms of the asset it being residential or, or whatever that's a tough one I, I, I would say in the climate that we have just had I would have gone a REIT but if I had to choose now I'd go an ETF interesting okay yeah look I know I don't think there's a there's a right answer to that I think where you were going was sort of where I would go as well that it seems like a lot of the property ETFs out there are indexed so they take a variety of property you know rates or funds or whatever and uh, sort of in- index those returns so you get a more broad exposure to the property market whereas rates you know can be a little bit more specific mm. what's your answer oh i think i would probably be interested in rates but i think really both of the returns come from how the property market goes yeah but yeah i'm sure that if people are interested in investing in property they're that that question would come up. I wonder if you can short a REIT. You, you, well, you definitely can. I mean, if you could yeah, get an, an inverse like, ETF for property, something I'm going to look into. Yeah, um, you probably could. Shorting a specific rate would be like shorting a company. Any there stock, would be, yeah. There would be options. If you're big enough, you could probably borrow the shares and sell them and then buy them later. I've just Googled inverse real estate ETFs and... and? Uh, yeah, there's a, the first article is top three inverse real estate ETFs. Okay, okay. So there you go. There's a, there's a lot of options. Nice, Ren. Well, so so far we've learned about the retail industry through baby bunting. We've looked at lithium and cobalt exploration through Latin Resources. And now we've um, had a bit of a look at the re- real estate investment uh, trusts, REITs that you often hear about. So we've been quite diverse and next week uh, we've got DOR, which is, I can't remember what it was. An oil and gas company. Oil and gas. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But I found, uh, we won't spoil the next company, but there was something very interesting about the way that this company is structured. Okay. Detective Wren. Yeah, he's got his magnifying glass out, digging deep. All right. Well, unless you have anything else to add, Ren, we'll leave it there. Do you have a valuation for this company? Yes. Well, sim- so if we're using price to book, it was about a one point oh one ratio now. So it seems like the market broadly and broadly in, li- in line with what I would use. Yeah. Nice. Fair enough. Well. We'll have a good New Year's. We'll be together. I hope everyone else does. Again, quick thanks to everyone for an awesome 2018 and we can't wait for um, 2019. Stay tuned. We've got two more companies to come before we come back uh, in mid-January. Can't wait. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. So, Ren, we've definitely discussed Instagram way too much. So, I'm going to spring my housemate right now and ask him three reasons why he loves Equity Mates Instagram. Rohan. Uh, it's topical, it's funny, and I've learned a lot about investing and a little bit about myself. <laughs> there you are, testimonial. <laughs> Get around it. 
Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.